hear us through your AirPods or see us on your laptop, how about meeting us in real life? Because we're taking Queer Money on the road this summer and fall. Visit QueerMoneyPodcast.com forward slash tour or the link in your podcast player to find out when we'll be in your neighborhood. Yay, you graduated. And after four, maybe more years for some of us, (laughs) you've graduated. But now what? (laughs) Other than getting your first quote unquote real job and paying off that college investment, what should you do? What kind of goals should you set for yourself? And then how are you going to pay for all those goals? Right. Well, you're going to start by listening to Queer Money episode 313, because today we're sharing five post-college saving goals. And guess what? They aren't all stale money tips. No, they are not. So let's get started. You're listening to the Queer Money Podcast, personal finance with a rainbow twist. Queer Money is dedicated to financial independence, financial well-being, investing knowledge, and the intersection of all things money as an LGBTQ person. Queer Money is made possible by Capital One. Capital One believes that financial well-being includes your mental, physical, and financial health. Check out CapitalOne.com today. Gainbridge sponsors the best, including the Indiana Pacers, Indiana Fever, Indiana 500, and the Queer Money Podcast. That's because Gainbridge believes that dedication is an essential component of success in every community. Visit Gainbridge.life today. So I think even before you graduate college, like your friends and family, and especially maybe mom and dad, if they're the ones that are paying for your college, start putting pressure on you like... Go out and get a real job immediately. Get that get that secure job. Get those benefits and and start paying off those student loans. But you haven't got your degree yet. But it's all that stress right after you spent four years of, in college. I think so it's much. even. I think it's even before that. I think even in the first year of college, everybody's talking about what do you want? What kind of job do you want? What kind of job do you want? Right? And why do you want? Why do they want you to get a job? They want you to get a job so you can get buy the house, buy the car, get the white picket fence, have the kids, do all that crap that everybody expects you to do. But what about you? What do you want? Right. What do yeah. you really want? Yeah. No, nobody takes the time to really ask you what no. it is that you want to do when you're done with college. So we took a pill and had a dream as a, <laughs> as a wise woman once said. Oh my God, and we did not. <laughs> we went back in time, way, way back in your, and we thought about, okay, if we had to do post-college over again, what would we do slightly differently? If we didn't have like all those pressures of, of getting that real job and start start working for the man, what would we what would we want to do? Yeah. And I think this first one really sums up, but I think what both of us would have way more preferred to do than what we actually did. Right. The first goal for us, at least, and we think that a lot of folks are thinking about this now, even more so than 10, 20 years ago, and that is to spend a few months to a year as a gap year and preferably do it overseas. There's a lot of reasons why you might want to do this. One, I think that it gives you that kind of decompression time from college, especially the last year of college, there's a lot of pressure on you, right? A lot of pressure to whether it's, you know, those finals or you're having to do a dissertation or a major paper or something like that. So you kind of want to decompress. And so it allows us to have that decompression time and be able to relax a little bit. But I think that the other great thing about this is for a lot of people, it doesn't necessarily 
a gap year or a study abroad, I'm sorry, a, a year abroad or a couple of months abroad is not something they can do right away. So it's something that you might want to, to start planning for even a little bit before you graduate and really think about the financial aspects of it. It would be a great way to go back to mom and dad and say, hey, guess what? I want to go travel abroad. I want to go abroad for a little bit, but I can't afford to do that. I don't have the money saved up for that. So I'm going to get a job, but I want to spend a year or two living with you and save up that money. I think that would really kind of prove to your parents that you're taking some steps in the right direction of thinking about your finances. Yeah. And then have a strategy behind it. I mean, I think mom and dad's first response might be, you're not going to waste you know, two or three years saving for and then going on a gap year. That's a complete waste of time. But you have to prepare for that argument because I think really three to 12 months in another country or in a couple of other countries, that's going to let you see what else is out there, right? You've had this for most people. You've had a very myopic experience of what the real world is like. So going abroad kind of gives you some diversity of experiences and diversity of cultures, running in with different kinds of people and experiencing what their lives are like. But then I also think maybe even more so today than it maybe 10 or 20 years ago, is that showing a gap year on your resume is actually a good thing. Right. Showing that you've lived in a different country, that you were able to survive three to 12 <laughs> months speak in a country where, especially where they don't speak English, if you can pick up another language. Those are, I think, good, good real world credentials that can go on a resume and show it an employer that you're a well-rounded individual. And not only do you have the theoretical experience from college, but now you've got some real world experience and have, have done something exciting that not many American students unfortunately get to do. Right. I think that one of the other great things about that when it comes to a job is knowing how to interface with non U.S. individuals, right? Whether it's a foreign person because you're in a foreign country or foreign individuals here in the U.S. is actually a really good thing. There are a lot of people who are immigrating to the United States, coming here for school, coming here to live, and they are now the kind of people we have to interact with at work and understanding and being able to, to work with individuals who may have cultural differences than us is a really important thing. We talk a lot about having diversity in the workplace. Well, employers, are creating very diverse workplaces mm -hmm. now. Not, maybe not all of them, right? But we are seeing more diversity in the workplace. And one of those areas of diversity is we are seeing different cultures. And so because of that, if your employer knows that you have the experience of being around other cultures, it may play into them maybe putting you on projects or working with certain individuals that gives you that kind of diversity and reinforces their desire to have a diverse workplace. Exactly. Capital One strives to inspire a better financial path for everyone, including the LGBTQ plus community, through access to credit, tools to manage debt, and product features. Digital products such as CreditWise and Eno are designed to take the stress out of money by helping you manage credit, a key source of potential stress, and stay on top of spending without worrying all the time. Sign up for CreditWise for free today. Now, tip number two or goal number two is probably the best way in the world, especially today in America, to show that you're a grown-up. And that is to move out on your own. <laughs> right. right. So save, you want to start saving your money for your first apartment or for your mortgage uh, on, on your first home. So 
there's a couple ways that you can do this, right? You can start to save a little bit of money from each paycheck as soon as you start working. Maybe you're going to get some gifts from friends or family members because you graduated college, or you can do a combination of, of pulling all that money together. And that money can be your seed money or, or be the initial money for your first apartment to put a deposit down or to fund your money for a mortgage. Yeah. And I think one of the nice things about this is you kind of have maybe a little bit of leeway time where you can say, Hey, mom and dad, I'd like to move in Mm -hmm. with you back in with you. I am going to get a job, but for the first six months, I really want to just be able to save up money for that deposit or that down payment. Actually, if you tell your parents that you want to save up money for a down payment on a house, or a, you know, a, a, maybe a condo or something like that, it may give, again, give them a really good picture of how you're planning ahead financially and allow them to have some ease at saying yes when they have you come back to their home. Because exactly. I think for a lot of parents, getting that break away from you when you go <laughs> off to college kind of sets them up for the lifestyle of, I don't, want, I don't want you in the house on a regular basis anymore. And I think for a lot of a lot of young people, they don't necessarily want to. I didn't want to move back in with my parents after college. Well, a whole other story. But after I moved out the first time, I didn't want to move back in with my parents. And unfortunately, I had to before I came out. And I think that knowing that you have a little bit of financial security, being able to go out and get a an apartment, whether that's by yourself or with someone else, or save up the money to put down on a down payment on a place of your own, that really shows that that thinking ahead. But again, remember, one of the important things that we're seeing here on both of these is there's kind of a trend. And that is when you get out of school and you do get your first job, you got to start saving for these kinds of goals. And as you know, Capital One is the sponsor of the Queer Money Podcast. Capital One has 360 savings account is a great savings account that you can set up on your phone and you can start your direct deposits into that. They have great rates as well. And they support the LGBTQ community all year round. Exactly. And just don't remember, if you're going to go the apartment route, you're going to need to have your an initial deposit. Very often you have to have, put down a security payment or a security deposit. And sometimes they want both first and last month's rent. So that first going into your first apartment could require a sizable investment on your part. So that's why you want to start saving and saving on a reoccurring basis as soon as possible. And then if you're going to go buying your own first own your own first property, um, you're going to need at least three, three and a half percent down minimum. Ideally, you want to be able to put 20% down, right? So you can avoid that PMI, but that's not going to be inconsequential either. So the sooner you, you, you set this as a goal and you start saving methodically for it, the easier it's going to be for you to reach it. Right. And I think one of the other things to keep in mind here, when you want to move out on your own, there are other things you're going to want, right? Whether it's a new couch or a new bed, or you need dishes or, you know, granted mom and dad, if you have accepting parents, supportive parents, then they're going, they may help you with that, but they are not going to probably buy everything, right? So there's going to be some things that you're going to want to do on your own, some things you're going to want to pick out on your own. So include that in your saving before you leave the home. All right. Tip number three is fun. (laughs) Yeah. And this is to grow your family, especially your fur baby family. (laughs) We all have our fur babies. (laughs) Right. If you're, if you watched us on Instagram, you know that John and I have two fur babies now are two little French puppies and we actually love them to death. But 
They're not cheap. They're not cheap. <laughs> no. Right. So, so whether you want to grow your family and have other humans, which some people have that as a goal, um, or you want to grow your fur babies, anyway, you want to grow your family. It's going to be a lot easier to achieve that if you start saving money for that. So maybe if you know those are goals that you want to achieve after college, start strategizing for that. Yeah. And remember when you're thinking about this, think about it short-term and long-term, right? Uh, So if you're thinking about wanting to have children, it's highly likely that you're probably going to want to then be in a relationship and potentially get married and then have kids. All of those things you need to be planning ahead for money-wise, right? If you're going to get married, I think that the average cost of a marriage in the United States right now is running at around $27,000. Maybe mom and dad won't be able to fund the whole thing. So again, if you want to make some of the decisions, maybe you need to have some money saved yourself. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Financial independence is independence, right? Yeah, exactly. Heard a rumor about annuities? Cut out the noise by visiting Queer Money podcast sponsor Gainbridge at gainbridge.life to learn more. All right. Savings goal number four is, and you've heard us say this before, save seed money for a side business so that you can earn extra income. It's never been more important than it is today to have additional income streams. Granted, not everybody is going to become an independent full-time entrepreneur, and that's not for everybody, right? right. There's there are, there are some benefits to being a W-2 employee. We won't discount that at all, but we highly encourage everybody, regardless of whether they want to become an independent entrepreneur or want to be a W-2 employee, to have at least a side hustle earn additional money on the side doing something different. There's benefits for that a couple of ways. One is it reduces your reliance on employer. Let them be sort of the dictator of your financial security and your long-term happiness. But two, it's a great way to monetize a hobby. It's a great way to expand your skill sets. It's great to be able to talk the talk of an entrepreneur, be able to you know, understand what it is to be an entrepreneur, having your own business, having an LLC or an S corp, whatever it is. It's, it's good to be able to ha- understand that language. That way, if you do decide later on in life that you want to, you do want to start your own business or you want to change careers, you've sort of got the language down. You you have the experience, and you can make all that a little bit easier for yourself. Yeah, and remember when starting a business, to think about it, growing it, and starting small. I think a lot of times when folks think about going out and starting a business, they think about becoming the next Mark Zuckerberg. I mean, not the best example, right? Because growing a company as quickly as he did, I, I think a lot of people think about wanting to, to be huge, right? Well, I think a lot of times we get so confined by the idea of what it will take to grow a big company that we don't even do anything, mm-hmm. right? So th- start off small. There's a lot of things that you can do, skills that you already have that you can monetize in various ways, whether that's doing some freelance writing or maybe doing some in-home care, being a a doggy daddy on the weekends, right? Those kinds of things are ways that you can just pick up a little bit of skill and make a little bit of money. And then you can continue to grow that along the way. So when you get out of college, and if you want to go down this path, start setting aside a little bit of money to help make it so that you're the first investor in your own business, right? Because you are going to eventually want to have your own, possibly your own website, your own business cards, depending upon the type of business you're going to have. You might want to have a dedicated phone number. Um, You will want to eventually set up an LLC or an S Corp, get your own uh, tax ID number for your business. And all of those things aren't necessarily huge in cost, but 
there's always $10 here and $20 there and $50 there to finally get everything set up. And if you start to methodically save for that money now and you you have a couple hundred dollars, maybe a thousand dollars to help you get your business started, it'll make it that much easier and, and quicker for you to be able to actually get started and maybe start generating a little additional income for yourself. Right. I think that the idea here is make sure you have a little bit of money before you start the process. Right. right? Yeah, this is seed money that you would be saving for e- yourself. Exactly. Yeah. So many, so many, so often I think uh, we've seen people reach out to us where they want to start a business and they're starting everything by putting it on their credit card. Well, that might be the, the the access to money that they have, but there's there's a there's a dire consequence to that. If they aren't generating enough money quick enough to be able to pay off those credit cards, then suddenly the, those credit card balances and the high interest rates can start snowballing on top of themselves, and all of a sudden you've got this massive amount of debt to pay off. Whereas if you would have saved a couple of hundred to a couple thousands of dollars first while, before you started your business, then you wouldn't have to rely on credit cards and you don't run that risk of of, of going into debt. Right. All right. Point number five, this may be slightly stale, but it's an important (laughs) one, right? And that's to build an emergency savings, right? Whether it's moving out on your own or it's buying your first home, having a car, you know, we know that things are going to happen, right? Your mo- your phone may fall in the pool. You may drop it in the toilet. You may <laughs> drop and crack it. I mean, how many people do we know that are walking around with a cracked phone because they don't just simply don't have the money set aside to be able to take care of things like that in an emergency? God forbid it's even an even bigger emergency, right? So think about the kinds of things that you want to do in your life and make sure you're planning ahead with some emergency savings for that. John and I suggest you start off with anywhere from $500 to $1,000, but it's really important to remember to have enough set aside in case something drastic does happen, like maybe getting furloughed or laid off or something like that, depending on what's going on in the economy. We know that the pandemic had a a really significant impact on a lot of LGBT folks. 64% of LGBT folks said that themselves or someone in their household was either laid off, furloughed, or had their hours reduced at work during the pandemic. Unfortunately, our community, whenever it seems like these kinds of statistics come out, we seem to be the ones taking the brunt. And so having an extra emergency savings account, having that money set aside in case things like that happen is really important to help you not only with your finances, but also with your mental health. Yeah, 100%. And just like the idea with starting your own business, don't necessarily try to become like the next IPO bro right out the gate. You want to start small with your emergency savings, right? We've all heard the standard recommendation to save anywhere from three to six months of your living expenses in an, in an emergency savings account. And for a lot of people, that seems very daunting, right? You're talking about ten to $30,000 and even more for some people, right? So that just seems a little bit scary. So people don't even try. Just shoot small, right? Set a goal of, of, of trying to put $100 in an emergency savings account. And then once you've reached that, then say, how can we five times that and get to $500? And then once you've got that $500 to $1,000, you're good. You're solid, right? So maybe beyond that, you just start depositing anywhere from 10 to $20 a paycheck or a month into that account and try to avoid touching it altogether. And you'll, you'll be surprised at how quickly that account grows. Exactly. So those are our five, hopefully somewhat fun tips for your post-college life and how to utilize your money. Number one, spend a few months to a year as a gap year. Number two, save for your first apartment deposit or mortgage down payment. Show the world that you are a full-time (laughs) grown-up. 
grow your family, including growing your, your fur babies. <laughs> Save seed money for a side business for, or for extra income, and then build your emergency savings account. Now stay tuned for your career money takeaway from this episode. Make sure to check out more ways that Capital One can help you achieve financial well-being at CapitalOne.com. That's CapitalOne.com. Thank you for listening to another episode of Queer Money. Here's your Queer Money takeaway from this episode. Society and maybe even you a little bit are going to put pressure on you to go straight to work, start earning money and start paying off those student loans. While all that may be important, don't forget to have a little fun with your money after college. Try one or more of these suggestions to mix a little fun in with all that seriousness that's going to follow you the rest of your life. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> then join us next week as we have a conversation with David Vincent of SAGE, Services and Advocacy for GLBT Elders, to talk a little bit about the recent domestic partner changes to Social Security benefits. Thank you again and have a great week. From Los Angeles, California to Winooski, Vermont, we're taking Queer Money on the road. Join us as we gamify personal finance with Queer Money Bingo or catch our signature Live Fabulously, Not Fabulously Broke Talk and so much more in between. Check out QueerMoneyPodcast.com forward slash tour or the link in your podcast player regularly for date and location updates.